I'm Rick James. Hello and welcome back to Bourbon Barrel Talk. I'm your host, Scott Minton. Today we have Mr. Uh, Toby Hatfield and Josh Hillman with us. How are we doing today, fellas? Doing well, Scott. How are you? Doing well, doing well, Josh. Oh, you know, I'm just loving the quarantine life as we're, I think, in uh, the end of week three or the beginning of week four, somewhere in there. So before we get started with today's topic, which we're going to talk about things we love with bourbon or things that have bourbon in it, maybe that we go after and things like that, and and everyday shelfers that are our favorites. I got to say, man, Josh, you've been in the quarantine life for about 21 days, and you got a good, solid, gnarly beard going on, man. So how's that treating you? Oh, you know what? It's been really different. This is uh, about 15 days longer than I've ever let my facial hair grow out here with day 20, I think it is today. So, you know, I went through a little bit of a scratchy, rough phase, but it's getting soft. Yeah, I tell you that the the first uh, week, week and a half of any time anybody grows a beard, if they know anything about it, it's a it's a struggle at first, just with that itchiness. So, well, hey, fellas, uh, I'm really glad we could come on today and kind of talk about some things. But uh, Toby and I and, and and you have been kind of texting each other, just talking about things that we were enjoying, and, and we wanted to do a podcast exclusively about you know products that we enjoy that have bourbon in it, and then uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about what will we recommend people that are just getting into the bourbon game. Um, that aren't looking to spend a ton of money and that they might be able to find just on a shelf in Kroger or, you know, just a random everyday liquor store. So, you know, this, this topic today for me came up because I have a, a college roommate, college friend that I text with on a regular basis. And he has taken about an 18 year hiatus on bourbon and he's now come back to bourbon uh, after we had our uh, our football trip we went on this last fall, he tried some bourbon. I had some uh, some wild turkey. He sampled it, said, oh, that's not as bad as I remember it being. And so now he's, he's sampled his way through a Four Roses single barrel he had. And then today he cracked open a bottle of Maker's Mark and he said, Josh, this is piss. <laughs> and I said, well, it is maker's mark. And normally if somebody wants maker's mark, in my opinion, they're drinking it with Coke or diet Coke. Absolutely. But that's just what I remember from college. So he was texting and he was asking me, Hey, you know, what do you recommend? I got to get some bourbon. So kind of how that conversation came up t- for me today. And if you could jump on so- any of the, uh, uh, Facebook bourbon sites. It doesn't matter which one it is. The Hounds, Louisville Bourbon Club, Bourbon Nation, any of them. You you constantly see people posting that exact same question. What's the best bourbon under twenty bucks? What's the best bourbon for twenty five dollars or thirty? Or which ones can you find on the shelves today that people would recommend? So it's it's probably the number one topic other than trying to figure out how how valuable is a bottle that somebody pulls open. So he he texted me and he's like, hey, what do you recommend? And we had shared the same conversation maybe a month ago when he first opened up the Four Roses single barrel that I think a, a relative had left at his house for him. And I gave him a few of my favorites and I said, you know, here's what I would drink if you like this. And here's what I would drink if you're going to mix it. And, you know, 
if you're looking to drink it with some ice, I might try this. Uh, but for him, I had started off by recommending a few of the lower proof bourbons because he had been on a hiatus from bourbon for quite some time. Um, so I wanted to ease him back into it. So did, so did you go right away to like Old Forester single barrel and uh, like 1910, 1920, things like that? So you hit two of the three that I recommended there to him. Um, one was an Old Forester single barrel. and Now he lives in Texas. So uh, he hadn't been able to see that anywhere, but an Old Forester single barrel, an Old Forester 1910, and then one of my other daily favorites, which is the Russell's Reserve Tenure. So I recommended those three to him. Uh, and funny enough, he, he said, well, the wife hadn't let me get out to go buy any bourbon yet. He's got two small kids and he's in quarantine also. So a, a trip out to the liquor store hadn't happened. So I said, hey, are you, you're in Texas. Have you tried Drizzly? Uh, so he downloaded the Drizzly app for the first time, and I actually downloaded it as well because, you know, it doesn't work here in Indiana. So I downloaded it, asked him for his address, and I was searching at the same time that he was to see what he can get delivered straight to his door uh, there in Texas. Hmm. So Texas is more of a well or honey hole. Has he, have you told him anything about that piece of it or, cause I, I think that he'll probably find that more readily available than we do here in, you know, Southern Indiana and Louisville area. You know, I, I did mention a fourth bottle to him, which was Blanton's. And I said, look, you're probably going to pay 60, 65 bucks. It's a really good drinker. And someone who is coming into bourbon again may really like it. Uh, but when I was searching the Drizzly app, I did search for Weller, Weller 12, um, and Blanton's, and I found none of them. Uh, so I'm not sure. It just depends on where you're at. Right. Is he in one of the major metropolitan areas like Houston or Dallas or something like that? He's in the metropolitan area of Houston, but yeah. about an hour away from Houston because Houston itself is ginormous. Yeah, no, it, it definitely dwarfs anything that, that's near us. So I get that. What, what so, do you think if you if you're recommending a bourbon to somebody? How much do you feel you have to know them or a little bit about them to be able to to really help that discussion? So you don't recommend somebody that's. Uh, new to drinking you don't go and recommend a barrel proof bourbon that's going to just completely turn them off or somebody who really likes uh a, a very mellow uh, you don't give them something different how much do you guys feel you got to know them scott i feel like you need to know them a little bit but for me i, I more or less just ask them you know hey did you ever drink whiskey? If you did, what'd you drink? What'd you like about it? What'd you not like about it? So that way I kind of get an idea of, are they more of a sweet guy? Or are they more of a, a, a wheat? Cause if some people will say, Oh yeah, I drink makers every now and then, but I usually mix it with Coke. So that tells me right there, they probably like something that's sweeter. So therefore I know maybe to put them more in that wheater family or find something that's lower proof that might have a high corn ratio. Um, so I, I don't know that I need to know them extremely well, but I will ask questions to kind of preface it where I'm going to put them as far as in the ball area goes. Now, if somebody tells me they like makers, I just say, look, you and I like different things and I can't help you. There. <laughs> You're going to have to go find somebody else. Ah, what, what's wrong with makers? <laughs> <clears throat> too much college, man. Too much college. 
Yeah. How about you, Toby? Um, I think the number one things that I don't really feel like I need to know someone. Um, I ask the questions like, do you mind it a little bit harsh? Do you, do you want something a little bit more mellow? Like he, like he said, a little bit more sweet. Um, but there's probably three or four that you could probably name off, um, that, that aren't real strong, that they're not high proof, definitely have a good uh, solid flavor that that some finishes i mean like angel's envy it's it's an easy drinker anybody could come into bourbon and try angel's envy and say okay this isn't bad you can taste a lot of different flavors a lot of chocolates things like that um the evan williams uh single barrel you could always recommend it's 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 a little bit hotter but it's not it's it's definitely got a lot of flavor to it and and things like the um i think what you talked about earlier that woodford double oak um that woodford double oak has got the most chocolatey flavor of any bourbon that i had and it's just a good flavored bourbon so it would be easy for anybody no matter what their really their flavor profile is to really enjoy unless they want something that would just burn your face off and it, like matt would want a 141 proof or something hey, uh, i will say go ahead scott i, I was gonna say off. listen now heat, heat is good you know i mean Matt's not the only uh, heat whore in the group. Uh, so, you know, I, I tell people all the time, like, and, and, and I've come way more around on this over the last, you know, little bit. But, uh, Josh, I know you like the 10-year the, the, the Russells. But, I mean, the Russells Reserve Single Barrel, that 120 proof, man, that and um, the Kentucky Spirit or uh, Rare Breed. Man, if you're going to get a turkey, you, you know you can find them on the shelf. Those are ones I like, but you know I like mine hotter. So, and that's what I kind of preface it with people. I tell people those things. Also, I tell people like old granddad, you know, so or old granddad 114. Those are all great solid pours you can drink. Um, JTS Brown's one I've been bringing up a lot lately. I, I I went through a bottle of that pretty quickly. So I don't know. Where where would you stay away from? What what would you not recommend to anybody? Even if it's a not, not we're not talking about makers and and Jim Beam. Just which. Uh, which bottle that maybe a lot of people try or a lot of people like that you would say, no, I don't think you should uh, try that one at first. So I would stay away from the wild Turkey one Oh one for somebody that's going straight into it. Um, and, and maybe that's just from reservations I have from college because I remember wild Turkey one Oh one and drinking it and thinking, Oh my gosh, this stuff is hot. This stuff is nasty. Uh, but now, you know, 18, 19 years later, I think the Wild Turkey 101 is pretty good, but I thought it was more of an acquired taste for me to come into that and to enjoy it. So I'd stay away from that one. I'd probably stay away from some of the barrel proofs, like the Elijah Craig barrel proof. Uh, I would stay away from that. Um, I'd aim for a little more sweeter to start. So I, I'm I'm kind of where you're at on that, Josh. But there's a few other ones that I, when I think back, you know, and and some of them are definitely a little bit harder to find. But if they ran across them, I would still I, I have a tendency to tell people to stay away from rye unless you've had a lot of bourbon because high rye is definitely a different flavor. It's a different flavor profile. It, it may fit them perfectly. That's the worst part. But high rye typically I, I tell people have a tendency to turn some people off. Um, I also will typically tell people, you know. Willet's just not for everybody, but there's a lot of Willet heads out there. Um, Willet for me, you know, I mean, I, I drink them. Some I've enjoyed, but 
for the bulk of them, like almost every time I drink them, I, I get like almost like a weird like chest burn and like, and it's not that it's any hotter than anything else. I think it's just the fact that, you know, some of them are, you know, only six or seven years old. So Josh, I am. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, what would you recommend on the bottom shelf? Something that's 15, 18, 20, $22. Oh, that's really a difficult question to ask there. What would I recommend at that level? You know, Evan Williams has some good bottom shelf bourbon, uh, and it may not be the 15 to 20. It may be more 25 to 30. Um, I like that. Uh, I do like Wild Turkey 101. I'm just hesitant to recommend the turkey to somebody unless they have acquired that taste. Uh, but, you know, it's just as fun for me when it's a really good friend that I'm recommending something to. Uh, like the conversation I had earlier today, you know, I'm excited to hear how he enjoyed, uh, how he enjoyed the bottles. He told me he was going to order both of them off of Drizzly and have them delivered to his house. So I'm excited to see if he enjoys them as much as he enjoyed the four roses. So to me, it's just as fun for me to, if I know the person to make a recommendation and then to hear if they enjoyed it. The, the one that anybody ever uh, asked me that question, what would you recommend on the bottom shelf? I always think of very old Barton. Um, it's easy to get and it's not bad. It's, it's not the, it's not something that you're going to pay 40 or 50 bucks for. It's certainly something that'd be great to have at a party and, and, and uh, share. But um, that's, that's the first one that always comes to my mind. Um, now you mentioned uh, 1910 and 1920. Those are completely different bourbons. Um, which one do you actually like the better between the two? So if I'm drinking one neat, I'm going to drink the 1910. Uh, you guys know that I don't care so much for the heat. And the 1920 is a little hotter than I like without putting an ice block in there. Uh, just because I think the, the, the ice and the water in it really opens it up. I recommended the 1910 to my friend today. I really think the 1910 is an excellent everyday drinker. It's a little on the higher price, somewhere between 45 and 55 for an everyday drinker, but it's really good. What about you, Scott? What would you recommend off the bottom shelf? So, I mean, so I don't drink a whole lot off the bottom shelf. If I'm going to drink off the bottom shelf, it's usually JTS Brown or it's going to be um, probably Knob Creek. And, you know, so for Knob Creek, I'm still going to probably most likely I'm going to grab one of their, you know, single barrel type products. I'm going to I'm going to grab the 120 proof. Um, I, I feel like I get a lot more bang for my buck on some of those. But, you know, JTS Brown is going to be in that, you know, 12 to 15 dollar range, whereas, you know, the Knob Creek is going to be in that 39, you know, 40 dollar range. So now I, I would totally second what Scott said, but I don't consider Knob Creek bottom shelf. Uh, but I do agree that I have enjoyed the heck out of some of those single barrels that I've that I've had the opportunity to get from Knob Creek. Yeah, the the old Granddad bottle and bond is another one that I think that a lot of people enjoy for the twenty five twenty eight dollars. Um, it's you can get it any place, um, but it, it's good if you want to use it as a mixer. It's good if you want to drink it neat. It's good if you want to add some ice. Um, it's good if you want to use it for cooking. I mean, it, it, uh, that and buff, uh, standard Buffalo trace, um, are the ones that I think 
are, are just some of the ones that everybody should have in their cabinet. Um, if, if they have a, a, a liquor shelf or a, a liquor cabinet, um, that they want to share with folks. I think you have to have that, uh, the old granddad bottled and bond. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you a hundred percent on that one. I think old granddad is one that you want to have, you know, typically instead of the old, instead of the bottle and bond though, I will almost always have the one fourteen, you know, sitting in my cabinet, you know, just for people to try and drink. So what are you drinking tonight, Josh? So tonight I went back to the uh, Louisville Bourbon Club's uh, Honey Barrel Woodford Double Oaked uh, pick. And I'm not much of a, a Woodford fan. Uh, something maybe seven, eight months ago, I took a tour at Woodford and the guy on the tasting made a comment. Now, smell that. Do you smell bananas? And when he said, do you smell bananas? It just lost it for me for the most part on Woodford. <laughs> you um, don't want banana bourbon? No, but I, I actually have really enjoyed this bottle of the uh, the Honey Barrel uh, single barrel select that the Bourbon Club did. The, the non-banana one. It's non-bananas. So I, I, I'm going to piggyback in. That Honey Barrel is a, is a good pick, but I will tell you the one that the Hounds did, the Sadie Hawkins, blows it away. Like I was able to try a little sample of that um, just recently, and man, I'm going to tell you what it's just a uh, the the girls that were on that on that pick did did an excellent job on that, and, and I know they're all gone, but you know if you uh, if you run into one near retail, you should definitely pick one of those up. So what are you so, drinking tonight, Scott? Um, tonight, I actually, I cracked open, since we were talking about, you know, kind of shelfers, I grabbed an Old Forester single barrel, and I'm drinking that, and, uh, you know, I might crack into some new Riff single barrel here in a little bit. Gross. Yeah, I just, I popped open <laughs> one of these uh, Elijah Craig grenades, 125 proof. I am not a fan. I like Elijah, regular Elijah Craig. I like the barrel proof. I do not like this. I don't know if, what what's different about this one this is the first time that i've tried it i do not like it i mean it's it's not something that i will not buy another one of these not to say that anybody else dislikes it it's just not for me you probably ought to let it sit uh come back to it in a couple weeks maybe maybe a month and see if once it let all that stank scott likes to say out of the bottle or out of the barrel there a little mini barrel see if it gets better so high proof you know typically you will have to let it air out a little bit you know the, the first sip you take typically is not something that people are like oh my god that's the greatest thing i've ever had you know any bottle of stag junior i've opened up you know usually it's the second time i go around on the first time i'm like you know what that's not bad but the second time i dive into a bottle of stag junior that really really high octane stuff i'm like ooh, it, it does it gives it a little bit of extra kick once you give it a little air to it I'm wondering if it'd be a little bit better uh, throwing a drop of water in here or something because it's just—it's not the—it's not the heat that's bothering me. There's just not much flavor to it, and and what the flavor that I'm getting, it's just not something I'm enjoying. So you you didn't put a cube or nothing in it? Mm-mm, just neat. oh, you're drinking it neat. Nah, that that might be your problem right there. That 125 is a little harsh. Uh, I just find that in general with Elijah Craig products, I've never been a huge Elijah Craig product fan. Um, you know. The barrel proof is okay, and I think the older Elijah Craig's taste a little bit different um, than the newer stuff. You know, I, I have found a couple of single barrels recently. The Red Yeti did one. It was pretty tasty. 
Um, and then um, who was the other one? I want to say it was either Commonwealth Tap or somebody had one, and and it, and it was okay. But for the most part, I've I've not been a huge Elijah Craig fan. So that that brings me to uh, Heaven Hill. I mean, I I really like their have even the the bottom shelf, um, second shelf bourbons. Their their bottle and bond and um, a lot of their green labels and things like that. I think are very good bourbons. Heaven Hill makes really solid products. Um, I know that a lot of times you you find somebody who's a a big Buffalo Trace fan that may not like Heaven uh, Heaven Hill and, and vice versa. But I think I would swing more to the Heaven Hill side if I if I had to choose. You know, guys, I find myself here in my own little um, hole of what I drink, so I often do not know about every bourbon that or brand that you guys are talking about because I stick so much to the Old Forester and the Wild Turkey brands that I find I have not set up an array of tastes and flavors. So. Uh, when you're talking about Heaven Hill, I don't have a whole lot of experience with Heaven Hill. So, a little out there. We, we so, the have... old Heaven Hill bottled and bond, the old four-year, or was it, no, six-year. It was, you know, that was a good solid pour, that white label was. But it's, you know, they they, they stopped releasing it, and then basically they decided they were going to start running it as a seven-year product. Now, I will say the green label's not bad, um, you know, but Heaven Hill overall, I, I feel like they do a, a pretty decent job with most of the stuff they release. Which, like I said, is it seems weird because I'm not a huge Elijah Craig fan, and you know Heaven Hill makes Elijah Craig, so I don't know what the difference in the mash bills are. What what I think is kind of crazy about some of the 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 lower priced bourbons that um, that you've seen, especially one of Heaven Hills, is the the McKenna Ten Year that that all of a sudden was it was. $30 on a shelf a year and a half ago and you can't find it anymore. And I know, <laughs> I know there's a lot of people who don't like it. I know a lot of people who do like it, but the, it's crazy how much you can't even find certain things. I went to uh, total wine not too long ago and tried to find the old, uh, old granddad One Fourteen, and they didn't have any more left. I had to run to the um, liquor store in Borden to actually find some. So I, crazy. about, I don't know, maybe six months before, the Henry McKenna tenure came out as the the bourbon of the year or whatever it was out of the San Francisco tasting or award that went on. I had acquired a bottle of Henry McKenna 10 just randomly went to liquor barn looking for something unique to buy, picked it up, brought it home. And I thought it tasted like crap, just complete crap. And I posted it on the hounds or bourbon club page and, you know, I posted a picture of it, and I'd had it pictured with an ice block in it, and then I got a lot of crap for showing that. But I had tried it with water, I had tried it with just ice, I had tried it neat, and come to find out, I think I ended up just having a bad barrel. You know, every once in a while, you can get a bad barrel. This one just had way too many earthy tones in it. You know, kind of like you were eating dirt. So I've been totally turned off the McKenna 10. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you, Josh. Now, the thing is, I've tried about three different bottles of it, and I, I, maybe even four. I just, I can't. I, to me, I get that earthy tones. Like I, It's almost like they mixed it with pond water. You know, I mean, you get almost like a, it, it reminds me a little bit of like a peaty or scotch. 
you know, um, and I just, I can't get behind it. I, and I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just my palate, but you know, I know tons of people like it. Of course, then again, maybe tons of people think they're supposed to like it because it won all those accolades in San Francisco, you know, two years ago, but who knows? It's not for me. Yeah. And that's okay. What I think is great though, with just the bourbon community as a whole and bourbon industry is that there's so many other products that have bourbon in it nowadays. Um, I was in the grocery store earlier today and, and looked at the, I was just looking for some ice cream and saw Haagen-Dazs has a, a spirits line and they had a bourbon, vanilla, bean, ice cream. And, and I took a bite of it and you can literally taste the bourbon. It has, it has bourbon in it, a very, very good ice cream. And I was really surprised, um, how much of a flavor of bourbon that it actually had in the ice cream. And, and, uh, you see so many different products that are like that, um, which I really enjoy. But is is there anything that either one of you have tried, um, candy or anything else uh, so, that, that you've enjoyed that had bourbon in it? So the best thing I've ever tried that had bourbon in it, uh, and I haven't had the Kentuckian hot sauce yet because everybody says that's great, but uh, I had some syrup, like syrup that they – you put pancakes and waffles, that type of thing. It was made with bourbon. Oh my God. That stuff was so damn good. I mean, just vanilla and just all kinds of great flavors. And you could just really taste, you know, even some of the char that came out of the barrel and that it was just really, really good. I've had a sweet tooth for life, man. Candy has always been my downfall. And of late chocolate has been that downfall. Um, on my birthday this year, back in January, uh, my wife and I went down. We did the Fraser uh, Bourbon Experience. We toured the museum, did the Bourbon Experience. We had a special tasting in their Bourbon Bar, and then we walked next door or a couple doors down to a chocolate shop or a candy shop. And I can't remember the name of it, but it's Artful uh, Edibles. Okay, yeah, we went there. Went there, and we tried some of their chocolates, and they had some that had been made by. You know, they, they included wild turkey brands. Some included old Forester brands. We also got a bag of chocolate-covered Majescas. And these were old. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> those are so good. These were uh, old Forester-infused, I guess, chocolate-covered Majescas. And we brought them home, and I just opened them up about a week ago. I don't know how they survived you know, two and a half months here at the house, but we opened these things up and man, I just killed the whole bag of them. They were awesome. It's, Um, it's great how many different things that are getting infused with bourbon because bourbon has a great flavor to it. I know that some people think it's harsh, but they, they, when you, you hear all these people doing the tasting notes and sticking their nose in it and saying, I smell in vanilla and some almond and, you really do smell those flavors. You really do taste those flavors. So it's, I think it's great to put it in with those chocolate truffles. Uh, we've, uh, Scott and I went there probably, what, a month and a half ago, two months ago before all the lockdown happened. Yeah, and, it was the same day we did the Carter's interview. Oh, yeah. And um, we went by there, and, and I think I, I don't remember which one I bought, um, but we killed those before we even um, pretty much got back up on the bridge. We, you know, we guys, did. Once, <laughs> once this quarantine's over, I think it'd be awesome for us to go over to the Fraser experience 
and do a bourbon experience up there with them. They had these little uh, smelling bottles, I guess, to kind of help you pick what the aroma was. And they had spices in one. They had vanilla in one. I can't remember what the third of them was, but pretty cool that they had this, you know, you'd, you'd smell the bourbon in your glass. Uh, then you'd go and you'd smell the, the smelling bottle, uh, put the lid back on and smell the bourbon again to try to see which you could pick. So as you're talking about these aromas, it's just reminding me of that opportunity and experience. Pretty cool. So w- one cool thing, and, and, and older people will know this, and m- maybe not a lot of younger ones, but you know, back in the old days when people wanted to make vanilla like you would cook with, you know, what they would do is they would take the vanilla beans, they would scrape them, you know, get them, and they would drop it in like bourbon or something like that. And that's how they actually make it, you know, and that's why bourbon, you know, I mean, vanilla today, I mean, it'll say it has alcohol in it. It's because that's typically the way that it used to be made. So I don't find it a hard stretch to put bourbon in candy or edible things to that nature. I think it, it, it it's a something, it's a very natural progression to be able to get it in something like that. And, and Toby really alluded to that a lot. So yeah. like, it's okay to have bourbon in your coffee in the morning? Is that Hell what you yeah. Say? It's okay to have bourbon anytime. You can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. That's right. There's a uh, chocolate or there's a candy shop downtown about sixth and market, I believe, sixth or seventh and market. I, I don't remember the name of it, um, but they had a uh, a chocolate covered Twinkie that had bourbon chocolate covering that Twinkie. And I was like, I just you can't leave that store without buying one of these chocolate covered Twinkies with bourbon in it. I was like, it, but it ended up being very good. Um, so yeah. It's it's amazing that they're they're throwing everything into those different products, but it's also great because it's it's creating different flavors. Especially people who enjoy bourbon are going to enjoy those flavors. So let me ask you a question, Toby, on that, just to kind of piggyback off that. So was the Twinkie itself like macerated or soaked in bourbon, and then they covered it in chocolate, or was the chocolate had bourbon in it, and they just dipped it in it? No, it was just uh, the bourbon had chocolate, or the chocolate had bourbon in it. And gotcha. they, they covered okay. the, the Twinkie in it. So you can still find Twinkies on the shelf. I haven't seen them in a long time. Oh, yeah. You can get Twinkies anywhere. That would be really cool to soak a Twinkie in bourbon and then cover it in chocolate. I, See I, how awesome I wonder what I wonder what the Twinkie would look like after you soaked it in bourbon. Would it just fall apart? Uh, you know, it's pretty spongy. It has a pretty good structure. <laughs> integrity, a Twinkie does. But if we're going to talk about Twinkies, you know, I got to I got to veer just slightly left and just say that the raspberry zinger is the king of the snack cakes. Sounds kind of gross with bourbon, though. It does. Sound- I, I, dude, I would I would eat a uh, raspberry zinger with anything, bourbon, anything. <laughs> so I, I think before our next podcast, I think each one of us need to find something that we have either in a counter or if we have to go to the grocery store and you run across a Twinkie or an Oreo cookie or or something, we need to soak it in some bourbon and eat it and, and let everybody know how good it is the next time we, or how bad it is the next time we talk to each other. I'm going to have to search the Amazon because I'm not going back into a Kroger for another month or so. <laughs> <laughs> 
I tell you what, I, Josh has the luxury of quarantine life at home. <laughs> well, I, that's right. I, I went ahead and went back. You can't really do the click list anymore, so you have to get out for certain things. And and I was getting out for just cereal and some milk and things like that. And it's crazy the way the grocery stores are set up, where they basically make you go in one door and come out the other door, and you have to go up and down aisles in a certain direction. You can't even you, you can't go down the. It's like downtown Louisville where 4th Street's one way and 5th Street's the other way. Um, but they're, they're doing that, But so it's, it's definitely difficult. And, and, and I think it's, it's, it, it, it can't be helping them, cause, and they're limiting. There's, there's lines to get in the stores. Yeah. Come on, man. You still can't find toilet paper in the store. It's helping them. Actually, what's funny, uh, you say about toilet paper, I actually bought a – I buy the giant rolls anyway, um, like Charmin or whatever, the one that's like really big. And we bought like a 24 pack, like three days before everybody went on the run of toilet paper. And we're still into that same 24 pack. So I think we're going to be good for a little while. Yeah, we did the same thing. It just, it just so happened. We bought the mega, mega one at Target. You know, I think it had like 40 rolls or something stupid in it and, I think last count we still had like six rolls or eight rolls, so I'm probably going to have to start looking pretty soon. But but we've been pretty lucky on that side. Have Have either so, one of you found yourself having a few more pours at night or during the day or on on lunch or whatever because you're you're spending so much more time at home? I don't drink at work. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, we know one of us has, but. <laughs> Uh, I'm essential, so I have to go to work every morning the next morning. So uh, I, I'm not taking as many uh, as many drums as I would like to take. Um, plus, my wife is not a big fan of me drinking by myself. And anybody that knows my wife knows that she wears she, the uh, pants. She well, she's definitely the head of the house. <laughs> Actually, I'm the head of the house, but she's the neck and turns it whichever way it needs to go. So wait, you haven't had one of those. Uh glasses that they keep showing on facebook that has essential etched into it have you you don't have that for your daily sipper yet right no i I need to get something like that i will tell you though it's been it's been one of those funny things because my wife she has been a super trooper through this whole thing she hates me being out and things like that but she sends me funny memes every you know couple of days about how i'm essential and my my favorite one was the one she just sent me uh, last Tuesday or Wednesday. It said something about the fact that, uh, G Dad, what did you do during the the quarantine? And, and it says I went to work like a G. And one of the kids is like, my dad's a fucking legend. <laughs> so <laughs> pretty pretty funny stuff. So uh, but, overall, it's it's been a neat experience. See, I look at it a little bit differently. Josh and I can work and do our jobs one hundred percent at home, like we're doing today. Um, where we don't have to be in harm's way. So is being essential the smart way of going about things? Oh, hell no. Nobody wants to be essential right now. But, you know, unfortunately, it is what it is. is. And, you know, the the banking sector right now is just crazy, crazy um, busy with all the paycheck protection loans and um, people looking for deferrals because, you know, they're not being able to make payroll. They're not being able to do this. You know, people are laid off. So, I mean, it's it's been just such a weird, you know, month, month and a half in this industry just in general. So, so hey, guys, we're going to wrap this bad boy up. I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and talk with me and uh, to get another uh, decent episode out um, to our um, fans out there. 
So if you're trying to reach any of us, you can reach us uh, via email at bourbonbarreltalk at gmail.com. You can look us up on Facebook. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter. Scott Benton, Josh Hillman, and Toby Hatfield signing off. Peace.